everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Double date. Double date. Check your ID at the door. ID check. check ID check. check, check. Mic check, well, one, two. That's good. All right. I think we've, we've run through them. Let's get started. We have two stories to get to. This is a yeah. double whammy. I'm so ready. We are again in a new, another new series uh, that I was really excited to find called Elder Skelter. Love. I'm not going to say that I picked this series because I currently have an elder living with me, but maybe. Well, we should clarify the show's not necessarily about killing elders. It's about no. elderly people killing. Yeah, it's elders who kill. Right. If it was about killing elders, I feel like we probably wouldn't pick it. It'd be a different kind of show. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's called elder abuse. It's very real. And there's a hotline, several hotlines. This is about elders who have gone bad. Yes. Right? Well, so, so many do. <laughs> we all have elders in our lives that are running rampant right now. Oh, my Not gosh. wearing their masks, they trying to go on contained. errands, into drugstores. I don't even know where my mom goes. I don't know where she goes. Oliver tries to confront her, and then she gets very flustered. To me, she'll lie to my face. She has no problem lying to my face. Oliver, however, she gets real blustery, and I think she's trying to lie, but just sort of leaves really quickly. She'll just walk out of the room. Yeah, it's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. It is, yeah. What's not going to be funny is if she gets the coronavirus. No, Um, it's not a joke, people. It's really not, but something that... How dare we take it lightly? We are not. No, I'm not taking it lightly. You're not taking it lightly. But something that I did realize today, is there a band called Corona? Like named after the beer? The people that sing, this is the rhythm of the night, the night. Oh, yeah. You know that song? Who sings that song? I don't know. Gloria Estefan? (laughs) No, she sings another song about the night. I can't spell rhythm. I hate rhythm. Whitney Houston? Yeah. Rhythm of the night is by a band called Corona. Interesting. (laughs) That's kind of sad. Does it make it a little more fun? No. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, but it's an interesting fact. Just food for thought. Keep that in the back of your head. And that It's like, um, I heard about a boy that was named Corona and he was being bullied. Tom Hanks sent him like a gift, a typewriter. A laptop or a typewriter? A typewriter, like an old fashioned typewriter that he was worth money or something that he could write letters to people on. I don't really remember the whole story. That's a strange But it was gift. a heartwarming story. Okay, good. I can't remember why it was the typewriter, but there was something behind it. Off the cuff, that sounds like a strange gift. But we have been looking really quick for a song for the pandemic, like Heal the World, Make It a Better Place, like some mm-hmm. a song. Mm-hmm. Is it Rhythm of the Night? No. Okay. Nothing. If something specific happened, like during the night, no, I feel like this is all day, every day type disease around the clock. This is the pandemic that we fight. We fight. Okay, that's oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to get there. This is the virus. Not taking light of it. Not taking light of it, trying to get awareness because some people seem to be ignoring that it's a real thing. That's another story. This is the pandemic that we fight. It's not a hoax. Oh, yeah. Not a hoax. Oh, yeah. But we have to do. This is the virus that we fight. It's virus. Virus that we fight. You said pandemic that we fight, what I said, but I think virus is going to flow better. Mm-hmm. Mm. So... If I knew other lyrics to that song, I could fit in wear a mask, but I don't. I only know that one sentence. Well, there's the night. Oh, yeah. So the... The mask. I'm going to have to look up what the lyrics right. are. I know there's not a ton of lyrics. We might be looking at about... 10 words. We'll, okay. We'll, see. well, all we need is it's not a hoax and 
wear your mask. Okay, so we need ri- words that rhyme with hoax and wor- words that rhyme with mask. Not a big ask. Not a big ask to wear your mask. Yeah. Okay. So let's get back to Elder Skelter. This is episode two of only one season of this show. So apparently there's not tons of elders running rampant, killing people, but there's enough to get one season in. Yeah, but it's only three episodes. I wasn't going to tell people that. But I have... There's way many datelines they could also put on the show. I feel like we've had, besides what they're considering elder, they're stretching it a little bit, I feel like. But they're they're testing the audience, and it must maybe didn't do so well. I think on some of these, they test them, and it doesn't do so Not hot. if it was a high, we don't know, maybe it's a recent show that came out right before the pandemic. Yeah, I didn't do that much research. I don't know what that is. Keep talking. I'll figure it out. Episode two is called Death, Lies, and Security Tape. Um, I don't know why I didn't pick episode three, which is called Bitter Biddies, which I feel like we definitely should have done that one. I watched it. It's not as good. But what I what I do want to do with you is the second story of episode one. Okay. Well, let's yeah. watch. Epi- did you watch episode one as, or episode Bitter Biddies is episode three? That didn't yeah, have not any- as exciting. What, episode one, second story. Okay. All right. Do it. I'm ready. We'll do it next. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so the first story of our Elder Skelter, first of all, sorry, we open with them saying something about how the golden years usually mean slowing down, taking it easy, baking cookies, and visiting grandkids. This show is from 2013, so it obviously was not a big hit. That's disappointing. It's a great show. Yeah, it's a great show. Recommend it. So most people in their golden years mean slowing down, taking it easy, baking cookies, and visiting grandkids. But these seniors prove you are never too old for a little elder skelter. So then I think we're going to open on whatever our story is going to be. So I get really confused when we actually open in present day at a New York deli. um, And there are three of the most beautifully made up older ladies. Um, I want to be them. Yeah, it's much like, who's the cool lady from Instagram? Lynn Selter? I'm blanking on her name. Oh, you were the one who knew those ladies, yeah. Yeah, there's a few of them. Um, Just very beautiful. And they're all dining at the deli. And their names are Joyce, Rita, and Lynn. They're not part of our story at all. So, spoiler alert, if you thought that this story was about these three unbelievably well-dressed New York uh, Upper East Side ladies... It's not. I want a whole spinoff. Can we discuss what each one's wearing? Yeah, we definitely can. Joyce has pearls and her hair is like braided, has this braid across the crown. Yes. Um, Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Rita is, reminds me of my mother. She has these giant circular glasses. Like Rita reminded me of me. I was like, oh, I'm Rita. I could see that. I mean, they were fashionista thick. I don't even know, like Groucho Marx almost. No, they're like Iris. Um, they're they're Iris, the famous older woman that wears the glasses. I'm blanking on her last name too, but everyone knows who I'm talking about. No, we don't. Iris Apfel. Yeah, it means nothing to me. Does this mean anything to you? I mean, she looks vaguely familiar. I mean, that's who that woman looks like. She's meant to be like her. That's why they put her in those glasses. Lynn Slater, sorry, driving me nuts. And then our third woman, um, who is the storyteller, correct? Lynn, yeah. who is, um, she's like the head biatch of the group. She's you because she's the storyteller. And generally that's your job, except on these day- double dates when I have to do she it. She has her lips 
overly lined. You bet. Um, like lined and then a different color on the inside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is how I would do my makeup if I, I trusted myself to do my makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's wearing like a a wrap scarf around her she's head. She's wearing a turban. I wrote turban, but I felt like that was offensive for some reason. No, no. That's what it's called. Okay. It's a hair turban. Yeah. Um, a hair turban. Her um, necklace and her earrings are made out of giant gold balls. Oh, yeah. Like giant gold balls. They, they're they swanky, and whoever got to style them had a blast. And I wish it had been me because yeah. they look amazing. And is that Reed? Is that Lynn who's telling the story you said? Lynn is the storyteller. Joyce is telling us a story I wrote. So, no, must be Lynn. Okay, so Lynn has got something to say, and she has a very thick New York accent. And I, in my head, I also made her Jewish. I basically made her you. I felt, well, the fact is, facts cannot be denied. They are eating at a deli. They are. So, uh, yeah. I mean. In New York. They're, they run with the circle of Jews, even if they're not actually my people. Correct. They just came from a nephew's bat mitzvah. And one or two of them have been married to a Jewish man. Absolutely. At least one. Maybe killed them. We don't know. Don't know. But I don't think so because they're just telling us the story. But they don't actually tell us the story because as Lynn launches in, we then get the actual narrator who seems to be the narrator for a bunch of ID stuff are just our normal guy narrator. And I was sort of bummed out. And I thought that we were. Yeah, give Lynn the job. That they weren't the story. They were just like a little side bit. They come three times. After each story. Yeah. So middle, middle, meaning after the first story and before the second story starts. But I could have had two hours of them. Yeah. I would have liked to have her narrate. I would have liked to have hear hear her voice because right now they are undeniably wildly unnecessary. You, they do not need to be there except for our delight. They're for total comedy purposes. Which is a little fun. It's a funny choice. I like it. It's a funny choice. I'm obsessed with it. I would not even watch the show if it wasn't for it. That's I would not boycott. True. That's not true. If you if they had never been there, you would never have known. I would sense that something was missing in my life, and it was these ladies. They're delightful. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are shows that have ladies like this in it. We just need to find them. It's like if the Golden Girls lived in New York. Yes. It's like if the Golden Girls dressed really well and lived in in Manhattan. Didn't do a lot. Maybe did some charity work, but... Yeah. Charity work isn't all it's cracked up to be as we come to find out in story number two. So story number one, we're in Florida, though. We are not in New York. We're at the Lakeland Nursing Home, which is a retirement community. And we meet Bob Farley, who is going to visit someone in the nursing home. Don't know who. They don't tell us who. And I kept questioning it because we meet his dad fairly quickly. We meet, we meet Bob Farley's dad. So who who's in the home? Um, I, Undetermined. But he's going a lot. Uncle? But he's, he's going often enough to meet his future wife in the waiting room of the Lakeland Nursing Home. We don't get his future wife's name. So we will be referring to her as... Bob's wife, as she is referred to in the show. Well, we don't get to... She's very mysterioso. We also don't get to see Bob's wife. Bob's wife is our main interview, and she is in black, but her voice is not distorted. Thank God, because that would have been terrifying. So she's just in... Kurt, I want to tell you about my husband, Bob. Exactly. So she's just in... uh, She's, you know, in witness protection for some reason. Or just has 
cystic acne that's really bad. Why is she's she self-conscious? Why is she telling her story? Um, eh, that's all right. We'll get to that. So the, uh, both of these two are visiting people in the Lakeland nursing home. They, over time, become friends. And then later, they seem to fall in love. The actual timeline is a little mysterious. I'm not I think that Bob was married when he was actually visiting the nursing home because he doesn't get together with Bob's wife till a little bit later. They don't really go into the details. I'm just going to make up my own story. I don't think I think you just made that up. Yeah. No, I definitely didn't make that up. Like he was actually they say in the thing I that he was after he was divorced, he called up the girl that he met at the retirement at the retirement community. So, it's like a, their relationship is whatever the opposite of hot and heavy is. Like Slow and steady. Cold and lukewarm. Yeah. Cold and and cold and irregular. <laughs> cold and light. No, irregular. But that's hot and heavy. So the opposite is cold. Oh, what I thought I said steady. Hot and steady. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. The opposite of going steady is going irregular. Yeah, that's true. And Which the sounds opposite like... of hot and heavy is uh cold and frothy. Both of them, you need lots of fiber. You need more fiber. So anyways, we find out a little bit about Bob's history. He was adopted at age five. Walter is his dad. And Walter, at the time the story is taking place, is 89 years old. Walter was an army radio operator and a pretty all-around impressive guy. He flew all over the world. He was in the service for a really long time. He met three presidents. Bob then followed in Walter, his dad's footsteps, and became a naval communications officer. That's all the backstory we get. So we got Walter, and we got his adopted son, Bob. But it's really his son. I don't like saying adopted son. I don't I don't like that. It's not really important unless the, it is, and we're not finding out that it's important. Yeah, I'm not sure. Very well be important, and they're just not telling us it's important. But it was important enough for them to tell us. Yeah, and then move on very quickly. So, but we're trying to get through this story in like half an hour. So I get it. So we flash forward to Bob on a date with Bob's wife. And during this date, he asked her to marry him. Don't know what happened to his first wife. Probably doesn't matter. But she accepts and she pats him on the back. That's why their relationship is the opposite of hot and heavy. She patted him on the back? They do a that and then they hug with a pat on the back. Like one of those hugs where you kind of like, like you do the pat in the back to kind of indicate that the hug is over or should be over, moving on now. Um, I'm, I'm thinking because you're not comfortable enough to place your hand in a firm. Right. So maybe it was an actor's choice and the actors had just met and they were uncomfortable. It's a very friend's gesture and not at all the gesture you would expect to see if someone just proposed to someone in the middle of a restaurant. Also, no one around them was clapping. And I thought that was the appropriate protocol if someone proposes in a restaurant. I think they did clap. I think it was just in silence. Like, but I think you see people clapping. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I was so distracted by the patting on the back. Yes, apparently. Uh, I did not. Hey, bud. We did it. It's We're possible engaged. they didn't like each other. The actors didn't like each other that much. So Yeah, there was definitely... They had been t- on another reenactment show where he murdered her. Yeah. And there was some resentment lingering, I think. Yeah, it must have been. So Bob's wife tells us that he was intelligent, caring, and very romantic. They went to Key West for their honeymoon. And on the honeymoon, he ordered a horse and carriage. 
So if that's not romance, I don't know what is. That's romantic. So, but unfortunately, wedded bliss is great, but they start to have some struggles because a year after they get married, Bob is one of over a thousand employees laid off from his job. So they had just bought their house and they were really going to be in some hot water and struggle to make some ends meet if they didn't make a change. So Bob and Bob's wife decide to move in with Daddy Walter and rent out the house they just bought for to pay their mortgage and try to make a little money. Yeah. So Walt had also been having some memory issues, they say. So this was sort of like two birds with one stone. I don't know why, but they are giving us in the reenactment some unbelievably creepy face close-up shots of Walt, of the actor playing Walt, where he looks not like he has dementia. He looks straight up demented. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're like slow panning. And he does this little like smirky smile. And you're like, is he going to kill everyone? He's going to kill everyone. That's They do that throughout the show with different characters. Like... At least they do it on a lot of ID shows, too. They just have close-ups of the reimagined actors, close-ups of the camera, and you're trying to figure out which one's the killer or, like, how they're going to kill. Like, because I've been watching a lot of ID Network, there's so many close-ups of the actor. That is true. That is a favorite thing. I don't, that's very strange to me. Sometimes it's supposed to be someone really hot, too, like a ladies' man who's cheating on his wife, and he's, like, snarling at the camera, Uh, and it's like, that's not sexy. Yeah, no one likes that. Um, But I do enjoy a steely glare. This is not steely. This is, like, I I thought that, well, well, I'm not going to say that yet. We don't know who the killer is at this point. True. So, I thought it was Walter from that close-up shot. So... Walter, though, is not this kind of guy that, like, wants help. I don't know how excited he is for Bob and Bob's wife to move in uh, because Walter's very into, like, his hobbies. He's like a machine tinkerer, so he's the kind of person that takes machines apart and puts them back together or finds things that are broken and takes months fixing them up. He's also kind of a ladies' man about town. He's I found him sexy. Even with the creepy close-up? Yeah, I like that. It's a bad boy thing. I didn't know. So they show him dancing at a club. So I guess he would go out to late night clubbing. He had more rhythm than Colty had in this week's 90 Day Fiance. That's all I'm going to say. I actually thought that Walt looked kind of creepy at the dance place. I got to say, it looked like he was getting too close to some of the extras and I wasn't a fan, but that's just my opinion. So, But at this point, we don't know if he's the murderer. So that would be an acting choice. And I didn't like it. Um, but he also, we find out he loves Bob's wife. He thinks she, they get along really, really well, which, thank God, because you're living in his house. I immediately thought they were sleeping together. You did? Yes, because they were like, they spend so much time together. He really likes her. Did they say that, that they spend so much time together? Yeah, and he really, because she even says he really liked me. Yeah, she does say that. He loved me. And then there's a scene where he's sitting on the bed and she leans over and gives him a huge hug and she's packing up stuff, and she says, packing a ton of fresh underwear. It's men's underwear, and I couldn't tell if she was packing for him or for her husband, because they're going away, and she's like, you can never have enough fresh underwear. And then she puts, like, 80 pairs of underwear in the bag, 
And then he says, like, don't worry about me. So I think it's when they're going out of town. I think it's because she does she does his laundry. So it's like she's putting it in his drawer. No, she's taking it from the drawer, putting it in the bag. And she says, I'm packing fresh underwear. You can never have enough fresh underwear. Very strange. That's a weird conversation to have with your husband's dad, who's almost 90. But there seems to be a conflict between Bob and Walt. Bob is like kind of the never good enough son that we see that trope often. Um, So really nothing Bob can do is going to impress his dad, which Mm -hmm. is not a great place to be in. I I feel bad for Bob. So after they've been living there for four years, the point in the story that where, where all the action happens, Bob decides that he and Bob's wife need to get away for New Year's Eve. They need to go on a little vacation. And I guess this is the first time they've gotten away in four years. So before they leave for their New Year's Eve excursion, Bob gives Walt a gun Mm -hmm. for protection. It's kind of a weird moment. He loads it and he puts it in the bedside table. And Walt is kind of like, I don't need that in the reenactment act, man. I'm not going to need that. Which is also, it's weird to give your father, who is a veteran with distinction, a weapon and be like, just in case, dad, I think dad can take care of himself. Yeah, I think so, too. But I think and then he was like, it's going to be loud because it's New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Like there's going to be like revelers in the street and they might come and attack you. Do you know what else is loud? World War Two, which is something (laughs) that Walter actually lived through. So I'm a little confused. Right. So Bob and Bob's wife head to the Red Rose Inn to ring in and the year is 2009. Um, And I am immediately like... Is the Red Rose Inn better than the Red Roof Inn? Yes. But the better question is, is it like a swingers hotel? Is this a swingers event? I mean... Are they going to swing on New Year's Eve? We see some of the home videos. It wasn't a swingers party I'd want to be invited to, but that doesn't mean it wasn't one. Is there any swingers party you'd want to be invited to? Sure. But a couple decades younger. Would you go now to a swingers party? Sure. Why not? Okay. You don't have to do anything. You just watch. No, I, I think you do, or you have to go, because you can't just be weird and sitting in the corner and like... I'm just going to watch. I was going to bring popcorn. Yeah, no one likes that. You're not going to be invited. So it's going to invite you to party. So the big New Year's Eve... like chomping and going, can they put the lights up a little? I'm having trouble seeing oh, what's boy. going on. Oh, my gosh. Where's Megan? What's Megan doing? Who's she with over there in that corner? Okay, anyway, so... um. The big New Year's Eve bash at the Red Rose Inn, which isn't that far away. They're just basically going to a hotel for a party. They vacay locally. They do staycations, Katie. Yeah, that's good. Well, they're they're older, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so it start the New Year's Eve party starts at ten. It seems late because I am assuming that most of these people are in their sixties. So ten seems late to start a New Year's bash for a sixty-year-old. I feel like they're making sixties sound really way older. They are, but 60s. and it actually is because I know lots of sixties people who are quite up, and they'd be like, t- would would go to a New Year's bash starting at ten? Yeah, totally. I feel like it would be fine. Um, don't know. So. They are, but they arrive at the hotel at six early birds. So Bob's wife takes her back pain meds and decides to lay down for a cat nap. What do you think that she was lying on? What do you think hotel sheets, the, the hotel sheets of the Red Rose Inn are like? Well, if they're smart, if it's as fancy as a, of a hotel as we think they are, then they're sheets and giggle sheets. 
That's right. Nothing pairs better with your back medication nap than sheets and giggle sheets. I think nothing nothing is better for any nap, any lie down at any time than those I sheets. I am obsessed with mine. Yeah. They are 100% eucalyptus sheets. They're softer and more breathable and more sustainable than cotton and bamboo. They are cuddly and cozy in the winter. They're cool and breezy in the summer. And you know I'm a sweater. Yeah. Uh, but they are really cool. And they are soft and smooth all year round. They also have a comforter that's made from eucalyptus and recycled polyester from recycled water bottles, which is the coolest thing. So and cool. not doesn't feel plasticky. Feels amazing. It's amazing. Really soft. It will make you feel as cozy and comfy as an affectionate pat on the back after you get engaged. There we go. Also, besides having the um, funniest name of any company ever, mm-hmm. Sheets and Giggles cares about the environment. Compared with cotton, the production of eucalyptus fabric uses up to 96% less water and 30% less energy, which is really cool. And Sheets and Giggles doesn't use pesticides or insecticides, which is really good for the bees. Our pals, the bees. Yeah. I want to do it. I want to do a bee. I want to do a bee careful or a Mm. bee sure this is true. It's fine. I can't get there. I'm pro bee. I'm B plus. Oh, you are. You're bee positive. I'm bee. There we go. I knew I would do it halfway and then you'd make it better. Uh, (laughs) Unlike most bedding brands, Sheets and Giggles packaging is 100% plastic free. And the best part for every order, they plant a baby tree in the U.S. to fight deforestation. We love Sheets and Giggles. We're obsessed with our sheets and our comforter. Uh, Go to SheetsGiggles.com and use the promo code DATE for 10% off the best night of your life sheetsgiggles.com promo code date 10% off you're gonna love these sheets you really are they are unbeweavable we aren't sheeting you (gasps) that's good so when she settled down for her long winter's nap after taking her back medication the actress at this point i noticed has this really cool long ponytail that has the rubber bands like making it into little balls i wasn't a fan Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't I have long fan. hair, so I like that because it means you can do something with your hair. And I thought it, at least she did something. And I'm wondering if that's how Bob's wife in real life wears her hair, and that's why the actor did it. Since we're only seeing her silhouette, her yeah. hair is very slicked back in the silhouette. So I And they have her hair slicked back in the reenactments. So then I'm guessing that is how Dude, her hair... It might be her signature look. But I don't think that's smart then if you're trying to remain incognito for the actress to wear your you're signature like, that look. looks like Jean. No, it's not Jean. But her hair is slicked back in a signature pony. Yeah. And then, oh, it must be Jean. It must be her. Yeah. So maybe so. Bob decides while his wife is taking her cat nap from her meds that he's going to go out and scout someplace to eat breakfast in the morning you know, after they partied all night. So he comes back a little later, wakes her up, and they go out to the New Year's Eve party, which is, by going out, I mean they go downstairs, the lobby Mm -hmm. of the hotel. And they swing in the New Year, but the narrator tells us they are in bed by 1215. Yeah. It doesn't just say it. Can I just say, again, the show is... I don't know if the... I don't know how to say this. The show is... um, actively making fun of elderly people because in the narration 
they keep saying, well, this old man needs to get to bed. These old folks were done by 1215. And then later on, they talk more about this old man's uh, issues. But they keep saying, that old guy, blah, blah, blah. And they keep like pointing out how old the people are. And it's very funny to me. And I don't know if they're overcompensating because people in their 60s, it's not that old. Well, I wouldn't consider that elderly. I wouldn't consider that elderly either. And that I feel like maybe they're overcompensating. But the other episodes I saw, they do this exact same thing. Just the fact that that episode you saw that the title is called, what is it called? Big, uh, bitter Bitties. <laughs> bitter Bitties. That's yeah. funny. I think they do that with any kind of show like this. So if it's about the lottery, they make lots of like references to money and things like that, right? Right, but that's not making fun of like the people. It's definitely very different, but I think that that's their jam. By 7 a.m. the next morning, they're ready to go, which was that shade. Okay, I see what you're saying. But I think that's just kind of what 60-year-olds do, right? They go to bed early and they get up early. Right, but they didn't go to bed till 1230. But they got up at 7 a.m. At 7 a.m. regardless, that's her that's not romantic also this is your one vacation night of the whole year probably and you're only going to be in the hotel for like six hours that's not i don't like that here's my thought the only thing i can think is that it must be that their regular wake-up time is 5 30 so seven is late for them oh luxurious sleep in they had a bit of a lion mm-hmm, right i went british there for a second yeah that's fine that's good that's okay, my a thought. bit of a lion. But what about their fancy breakfast that he was scoping out? Did they go to that? They didn't ever bring that up again because they drive straight home. I said no breakfast. So, yeah, I guess not. Um, maybe he never found a place. So by the time they get home, I guess Bob really has to go to the bathroom. Which they say this old man's bladder. They do. They do say that. Uh, but... So he runs, he gets out of the car, runs inside, but once inside, he never makes it to the toilet because don't, don't, don't. He pees his pants. At this point, 93-year-old Walter, dead on the floor. He had been shot several times. The house looks like it's been ransacked, and we find out later that some stuff is missing. So deputies show up. Bob is telling them that there's medication missing. Um, A Bose radio is missing and Bob's gun that he left for Walt is in in the bedside table. That's also missing. So Bob tells the deputies at the scene that he and Bob's wife are miles away. But before he can continue being interviewed, he really needs to go to the bathroom, which this that was crazy to me. When you had the narrators like when you have to go. At age 60, whatever, you have to go. But, like, he had now been, like, how long did the deputies get there within moments? Like, he's been now holding it for hours, go right? Go to the bathroom. Go to the like, bathroom. What's but- stopping you from going to the bathroom after you've called the police? And also, just go. I'm surprised he didn't go in his pants when he saw his dad on the floor. So that must be an adrenaline thing, right? Where you're just like, it's something shocking has happened. You just forget that you have to go. Yeah, that's got to be it. That's crazy, though. So he runs to the neighbors to use the restroom, and the sheriff on the scene tells him, don't wash your hands. We need to test for gunshot residue. And he tells the sheriff or the deputy at that point that, well, I did go to a shooting range yesterday. Okay, a couple things. Before you went to the Rosebud or the Rose Red Rose Inn, you went to the gun range? Yeah. Okay. Um, And then... 
Also, is he shouting that back over his shoulder as he's running to the bathroom? I, I think he, I honestly think he peed in a neighbor's bush. I don't think he made it to the neighbor's house. And I think as he's peeing, he's yelling over the bush. Oh, yeah, but I should let you know I went to the gun range yesterday. That makes total sense. That that I like better than him, like, shouting over his shoulder. So, And no one would blame him. It's the perfect opportunity. No neighbor's going to be like, he just peed in my bush. They'd be like, his dad just died. Let him pee where he wants to. Yeah, exactly. If you want, yeah, that's this is your time to do that. So... I'm sorry, it's not a deputy. It's the main detective. He just says, he says to Bob, I promise you, Bob, I will find out who did this to your father. So there are no obvious suspects or enemies that Walter had straight off the bat. They decide they have to start canvassing the neighborhood and figure out, you know, what's what happened here. And the f- the first thing, the first bit of information they get is that a bunch of young people, a bunch of youngsters were out on New Year's Eve day, selling magazines. Here's what I don't get. I understand the coming to the door and selling magazines. What I don't understand is that they're a group of them and they're all staying at a hotel together. I, I They came in from out of town to sell magazines? Is it that uh, profitable of an enterprise? I mean, I've heard of group selling magazines. They're like a group of um, like the um, Big Brothers organization, you know? Right. Brother, sister, what's it called? Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Yeah, there we go. Or the Big Brother found whatever. I've heard of groups like that. Boy Scouts. Yeah, but they don't usually travel and stay at a hotel. But do they? And this is just okay. First of all, I know people are going to tell us that they were a part of something like that. But um, again, the MLM alarm bells are going up. They're going crazy right now. Also, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. That's what a weird it, time to sell magazines. People are like going to be having parties or busy, hungover. Everyone knows that the worst time to like try to make money is right after Christmas. Right after Christmas. They've spent all that money they've on presents. they spent their money. They're not going to buy Golf Digest. Wait until March. That's when Golf Digest goes through the roof. But maybe it's also, wouldn't you love to have this for the new year? But I feel like they... They've missed their window. You need to be there on December 21st when people are like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to get a gift for five these five people in my life. Right. And you get your niece a cooking one. You get your weird uh, grandpa and you you don't know what he likes. You get him a train magazine, like a train toy railroad railroad lovers magazine. That's a quarterly, though. That you get that four times a year. Gotcha. I'm, they I'm, they must have changed since I was subscribed. <laughs> so so the, this is the one thing that was the neighborhood could think of. Also, there's over a dozen of them, which is just it's a lot of people. And it's a lot of people in their early 20s to be out selling magazines. I think it's, it's a cult. Yeah, I think it's really strange. It's either a cult or a religion. Are they prisoners? Is this- <laughs> No, they're staying at a hotel. Are they a low security prison group? It, are you in a? It, let us have Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. I know we have some listeners that are Jehovah's Witnesses. Do Do you guys ever sell magazines? I don't think they would sell something though. They. What if they were religious magazines? Is this a Florida thing? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, so come at us. Let us know. Yeah, one of the magazine salesmen stands out from the rest, and Darren. Oh, Darren. Darren had gotten a black eye on New Year's Eve day 
and nobody, also he's missing. Nobody knows where he is. Darren is such an F up. Like he has been kicked out of the organization five times. This is sixth try to make it in this organization. He went to juvie a bunch of times. He keeps trying to join this cult and they keep kicking him out. Yeah, he's not doing that. Please give me another chance in your cult. And they're like, we don't need followers that badly. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Please, one more try. And they're like, okay, but you have to sell three People Magazine subscriptions or you can't get in this time. So, well... Well, let's find out what he does when he doesn't meet his quota. So they eventually find him. We don't know how. He says he got his black eye getting sucker punched while selling magazines. Now, the neighborhood that they're showing in the reenactment does not seem like the kind of place where you'd go up and make a cold call and they'd clock you. That doesn't seem like the place, but to each, the, I don't know. What if he did, ma'am, here's a Jenny Craig magazine you might be interested in, what? sucker punch. Is Jenny Craig still around? That's not a thing anymore, though, is it? Aren't they done? No, they're one of the biggest companies in the world. Didn't they change their name? No. Weight Watchers changed their name. To WW, I think. Still Weight Watchers. I don't think Jenny Craig has a magazine. I just keep using it as an example Mm. of, like, a diet magazine. And literally every time you keep saying Jenny Craig, I keep thinking of Jenny Jones. And so I'm getting, like, confused the about The talk it. show host. Yes, who I haven't thought about in years. So I'm not sure why I'm making that Someone murdered someone after they were on her show. So that's really maybe bad. why you're thinking about it. That no, she's really she is no longer relevant in society, unfortunately. She's still around, though, I'm sure. Oh. I wish her nothing but the best. You, you don't know her. You don't have to wish her the best. She's not listening. Are you okay. listening, Jenny? Jenny, can you hear me? What about Jenny Craig? Can I get a deal? On your subscriptions because it's expensive. Are they good, though? Delicious. They have the best food. Oh, they have food. Okay, it's not just like a points counting no, thing. They oh, have okay. Food. Oh, okay. Do you have to weigh it's it? It's like Nutrisystem, but way better food. Oh, excellent. Is the food expensive, though? Probably. Very. Yeah, of course. Okay. So, anyways, the so they make him take a polygraph because they don't buy his story about getting sucker punched. And he immediately comes clean. He says he lied about getting punched because he didn't make his quota. So that doesn't help us in this situation because we still don't know how you got your black eye. Did he punch? Okay, so we have a couple scenarios. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? I'm making Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav Bros. Good job. Is this organization that he belongs to so scary... Mob. And threatening. Mob connected. That if you don't meet your quota, you have to physically injure yourself and give yourself a black eye so that you won't get your leg broken, your (gasps) kneecap shattered. Mob LM. Mob LM. That could be a podcast. That's it. MLM mob style. This is dead serious. Well, because they're spending all this money to put you up in a hotel. You better meet your quota. Mm-hmm. And we haven't sold any of those long distance running catalogs in months. And you need—they to... weren't staying at the Red Roof Inn, right? The Red Rose. 
No. Red Rose Inn. Okay. I was wondering, because that would be very funny if they were staying at the same um, hotel, because then I would be like, well, it's really cheap hotel. So Bob and his wife, did that was not a romantic weekend. If they're staying at the same hotel as these magazine culters. Why are you out to prove that Bob did not want to lavish money on Bob's wife? Because they took a 12-hour vacation. And they left at That was seven. their first in years. Look, if Four they, years, yeah. you get a 12-hour vacation. If honey. they hadn't left at 7 a.m., I would have had different feelings, too. <laughs> when they left at 7 a.m., I was like, no, that's BS. That's the worst thing. That is the. What are you trying to skip out without having to tip the lady who makes the bets? Why are you? Leaving? I don't know what they were trying. That's weird. Okay, so I would have been furious if I was Bob's wife. I would have been like, "No, you're at least taking me to IHOP." Four years, finally get a vacay. It is eight miles away from our house, and we're staying for six hours. I didn't even have time to shower in the hotel room. Oh, you didn't even get to use the fancy bathtub. Oh, sorry. You don't like bathtubs. I wouldn't have had time. Okay. Oh, boy. So, yes, Darren indeed gave himself a black eye or made one of his cohorts give him a black eye. It's crazy. But then he apparently, I don't, why did he disappear for a while? We don't know. We don't know any of this. So the cops. He was trying to run away from the cult. They found him and brought him back. And now he's lying under duress. And being questioned by cops about a murder. This is a bad weekend for Darren. Darren had a really bad couple of days and probably wrote a book about it. Yeah. So the my cops, worst weekend. Yeah, by Darren. So the cops keep coming, have to go back to the neighbors and find out anything else. And they start to find out that actually Bob and Walt had a kind of not great relationship. We probably should have looked at that first because remember, you're supposed to look close to home without harassing poor Darren, who now is in more trouble with his yeah, MLM. instead of looking at the sun, I'm going to look at anyone selling magazines in the area. Yeah, Darren. That makes sense. Uh-huh. So the cops go to the owners of the Red Rose Inn. Somehow they know them. That's really didn't make I didn't need to know that. Also makes me think the Red Rose Inn is not a quality establishment if the police are regularly visiting there. It seemed more like a source of that he was friends with the owner, which means the Red Road is in is kind of nice. And so the cop and the guy go way back. Maybe fancy rich mobsters go there. Maybe that's the headquarters for the magazines. Yeah. And the police are paid by the owners to look the other way. Mm, Could be that. Definitely could be that. Or there's lots of drugs like at the New Year's Eve party. Those those 65 year olds love poppers. Yeah. Poppers. Yeah. Well, I don't know what a popper is. That's fine. Um, Isn't that one of those the confetti things you pop? Yeah, but it's not a drug. You don't eat that. You can't eat that. It's got gunpowder in it. It does? By the way, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, there's little gun, tiny bits of gunpowder in those things. That go, like those little... No way. Really? Yeah. How do you think like fireworks and stuff like that go off? So that's why they smell sort of weird. Have you never smelled them? They smell kind of smoky? Yeah. Those weren't the ones I was picturing, though. I was picturing the ones you do inside and like like at Christmas, like those oh, crackers. The crackers. Yeah. Yeah. I was picturing those. No, I was talking about those little tiny ones that are like that big and you go like that. Gotcha. Those ones. Um, but I'm saying I wonder if you get gunshot residue on your hands from those. I don't know if gunshot residue is the same thing. But it makes a difference in Gun this powder. case a little bit. That's why. I don't know. I don't think it is. But I'm wondering because you are shooting like you're. 
you're exploding the gunpowder to get the thing to pop. I don't know. Interesting. I'm just, that's a, that's an interesting. How do they solve any crimes then on New Year's Eve? I, I have no, yeah, they don't solve gun, gun crimes. It's like a wash. It's so it's like the purge. If you want to kill someone, use a gun on New Year's on Eve. On New Year's Eve. Just make sure there's no surveillance video. Cause remember the name of this episode is death lies and security tape. So here's where the security tape part comes in. They, the Red Rose Inn surveillance tape shows that Bob actually didn't just leave his wife napping to go and check the area for 30 minutes or so. He actually left for quite a long time and went the opposite way out of the driveway towards home. Now, and he was gone an hour and a half. But now I think that's a little bit of a stretch because you could easily just go the wrong way out of the driveway, then just turn around and come back and be like, oh, I messed up. I don't exit a parking lot necessarily knowing which way I'm going. You know why? Because your GPS doesn't usually kick in till you get on the street sometimes. So if you don't know where you're going, Bob probably knew where he was going. But what if there's like the freeway, like both exits are right at the thing? I don't know. I don't know how that would work. So he... The police call Bob in and show him this surveillance tape and say, you know, you went the wrong way, Bob, and you were gone for a really long time. So Bob is getting very nervous in his interview and is like kind of fumbling with his phone. And the detective, who's very smart, comes up with a plan to try to trick poor Bob. I don't think it would have taken much. So they lie to him and they tell him that his phone can actually track where he went through the GPS. Now, Bob is a communications officer. Here he was, remember, <laughs> in the Navy. But unfortunately... But he's also an old man, as they keep reminding us, who doesn't know technology. As they keep telling us that his phone doesn't actually have the capacity to do that. I don't know if my phone has the capacity to do it. Yes? No? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Does your yours? iPhone? Yours does. Yes. Okay. So, but he didn't know that. So Bob realizes that the jig is up. And he says, I want to speak to Bob's wife or my wife before I confess. So he goes and in. And he suddenly started talking about himself in the third person. <laughs> so I don't know why I wrote this in my notes. I wrote, but confess he did. I'm, okay. I think because it made me kind of sad when Bob's wife and Bob were talking in the in the interrogation video. It made me upset because she seemed very surprised. Yeah. Um, oh, if you don't like that, there's a dateline I should pick to show you. You also won't like it. Yeah, that's terrible. It's really dramatic. Really? Oh, I can't. With like the person realizing that they're... Uh-huh. It's really... It's so good, though. Oh, Not okay. good. But Heart-wrenching? Okay. Heart-wrenching. In that way that... Like Steel Magnolias. It's a good cry. Oh, God. No. Yeah. No. It should have been me. Anyways, so he... Here's what happened. During that hour and a half that she was sleeping, that Bob's wife was napping, he goes home to Lakeland. And he had apparently never left the gun in the bedside table. He had the gun all along. So that whole reenactment was fake that we saw. They were just trying to throw us off the scent. Did they tell the actors, lie actors, you're going to be reenacting a scene that is not real? Or did they say, this is real, act as if it's real? Oh, I don't think they care. No, the method, the actors are method. They like need to know like this whole thing. Do you think they were method, these two? <laughs> did no. you get a method vibe from them or did you get a let's get through this? <laughs> let's, I got a let's get through this. When's lunch? Not from the wife. I felt like the wife really felt her character. Good. I felt like she might have contacted the FBI and asked to track down Bob's wife 
and actually flew and like met with her so that she could do this scene. I would see that. I don't think that's that far off. So when Bob walked in the door and saw Walt, he said he just kept shooting him shot after shot. He said he was so mad he couldn't stop. He was tired of 60 years of not being good enough. So it was it because he the dad did the dad say things like this is my adopted son, Bob, like or was he just like, don't be an F up, Bob? Like, I I think it's hard when you have a father who's super well accomplished and yeah. um, you're always like the disappointing child. I know as a disappointing child of an accomplished father myself. You are not that that's very untrue. Your dad would never say that. But I no, I, he would say that, but he would pretend but he to would, be laughing. But he would be kidding. But I think that it is. I don't know. My dad always said that he was really, really grateful that he didn't have boys because of how hard he would have been on his sons. Right. He would have expected them to be a certain way. And, you know, I was super artistic and things like that. I think if I were a boy, I think my relationship with my dad would have been horrible. Yeah. So guys. Yeah. It's hard. Fathers and sons relationship just as mother and daughter relationships are difficult. Yeah. And especially someone something that I've noticed men that were in the service for a really long time. They generally have. I mean, not generally, but sometimes have really high expectations of well look at cotton hill and hank hill and his year narrow urethra right Could, wouldn't let him into the service but cotton did great things in the service right and i'm talking about them like they're real cartoon characters but still i've learned a lot about father-son relationships from that show but i do think that it's i think it can be really tricky for men that saw especially that saw wars and he was in world war ii and probably a couple other wars So he's, that's going to be hard. Also, Hank's relationship to Bobby. I just got how brilliant the show is. Because while he struggles with his dad relationship, he's also struggling being a father to an artistic child who would rather be a prop comic than watch a football game. Exactly. I I didn't just get that. I've pieced it together before, but still. But still, it's it's worth mentioning. So uh, Bob had no remorse over killing Walt. He was sentenced to life in prison we find out that he is 67 years old. Does that make him an elder? What's odd is on the, um, when you click on the episode, it says a 59-year-old man, man-child, moves in with his parent, with his dad. So maybe he was 59 when he moved in. When I Googled him, because I wanted to know how old he was before I heard the 67, they said 63 on Wikipedia. But then when we go to Lynn, Nora, Dot, whatever those old ladies are, she says 67. But Wikipedia said 63. Well, here's the thing. When he moved in when he was 59, he would have been 63 when the crime was committed because it was four years after he moved in. But then perhaps when his sentencing happened, it was he was 67. So maybe it took four years to sentence him. That seems extremely maybe, long. But what what Joyce, no, it's Rita. Rita says 67-year-old man with daddy issues. So she could be saying he still has daddy issues at the time of his sentencing. That's possible. But I would think she would mean when he killed him. A 69-year-old man with daddy issues, 67-year-old man. I did write down, can I, a couple of the times the show was kind of mocking him in his age. They say the old man's bladder is screaming for release. Yes, you said that one. When they say about the phone uh, and he doesn't know that his phone doesn't have GPS, they say the nervous old man falls for it. Oh my gosh. Uh Uh-huh. And then when they talk about the dad, they say police arrest his elderly killer. 
Okay, so enough of this. How old do you have to be to be an elder? <laughs> How old to be considered... The Mormon way. Elder. <laughs> like an 65. Elder 65. He didn't make the cutoff. Oh, because that's the retirement age. Is 60 years old considered elderly? No, senior citizen is referred to someone who is retired and above the age of 60 or 65. So it's really just... I think it depends. 65 is the retirement age, but they are trying to move it to 67, I think, because people are like living longer. I could be totally wrong about that. According to the Social Security Administration, do we trust them? Do they sell magazines? They do know their business. Okay. <laughs> the age oh, they... It was an AARP. That's another way to get sucker punch. You go, ma'am, can I interest you in this AARP magazine? Exactly. And she goes, I'm only 50. And she punches him in the face. Right. How dare you? But that would be a slap. She's not going to punch him. Yeah. yeah. So, and not strong enough to get a black eye. Man, you'd have to be in a bar fight. Okay. So I think that that's actually what Darren did. I think Darren went to a bar, got drunk, and then had someone punch him in the eyeball. And was like, yeah, yeah. And like started making like incendiary comments. But this says individuals may be able to take social security benefits as at age 62. Mm-hmm. They can. They can take them at 62. My mom took my dad's social security benefits at 62. What's the retirement age? I have no idea. This Normal says, retirement age was 65 for many years. I think they're trying to raise it, though. Social security consider elderly as 65 plus. You know what, though? 60 is the new 40. So let's back off with all these labels, shall we? I don't know. This is very confusing. You're only as old as you feel. That is true. And I'm glad we've learned something from this from this episode. But I did enjoy them pointing out how old he was every five seconds. Oh, the narrator was definitely an ageist. Yeah. And has a prejudice against older people. They should not have been chosen to to narrate this particular series. I don't think I don't think he wrote it. I think that someone else wrote it. I think he's just a voice actor, (laughs) but he probably would not appreciate you blaming him. He didn't have to take the job, Katie. No, he didn't. He could have turned it down and he should have. And next time, maybe he will, (laughs) um, because the series got canceled. (laughs) Next time, we'll cover the second part of this of this series. And that person is those ladies are a little bit older are they do we have the actual age on them i do have actual age on them yes they are and they are much older i'm not going to tell you what it is right now okay okay (laughs) you don't get to know guys i'm keeping i'm keeping it a secret no they are 75 and 78 okay so they are that's elder that's could be but again my mom would not like it if we said that Mm. she's not 75 yet though. i I don't know i don't quite know what age she is I would consider elderly to be 70. I don't, but see, I do not think of your mom as elderly, nor as my parents. She reminds me often that she is elderly when she uses it as an excuse for something. Or does she scream elder abuse? She does that too. When you won't let her go to the post office. I may or may not have put the hotline up on her mirror in her bedroom (laughs) so that she can have access to it at all times. In case she feels like she's being mistreated <laughs> in my house, which she hasn't called it yet that I know of. I'll let you know if someone comes to the someone door. Someone knocks on the door. I'm going to say, are you selling magazines? No, I'm here <laughs> from the elder abuse hotline. We've had reports. Then we'll know. We'll know what happened. Well, thanks for listening to everybody. This was first part one of Elder Skelter. We'll be back with part two. We hope all of you elders and 
Utes enjoyed it. Utes. 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 <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, get a movie education. Come on. Oh, boy. That's rough. Be nice. Say something nice. I highly would like you to have better taste in movies. Try again. One more time. I would happily recommend you to watch some movies so you can enjoy your life better. Which movies? My Cousin Vinny. There we go. Do that. Do it. I can't. It's not good. Do it. My, I, yeah, do it. <laughs> I did the gesture. My biological clock is ticking like this, and the way this case is going, we ain't never getting married. Which is not available on the 64 Buick Skylark. It's pretty good. You could be one of those women. It's not good. It's not good. Like, I know it's not good. I know it deep in my heart, and it pains me how bad it is. I would give it a nine. I would give it a nine out of ten. It's good. You're being nice. No. I'm only not giving you 10 out of 10 because you're not brunette. So I don't buy it. Thank you. Yeah. If you were brunette. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm doing a podcast with Marissa Tomei. How did that happen? How? This is fa- This is fantastic. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Wear your masks. Bye.